John Bozica, 1480 WHBC. All right, final guest coming up here. We're going to go back to the phone line. Bring in Scott DeMauro, president of the Ohio Education Association, to discuss how the grading system for schools, the way that schools are graded, is going to change here a little bit here in Ohio. And, uh, Scott, welcome to the program. Good morning, John. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, too, this morning. So tell me about the change uh, that we're about to see here happen in the state of Ohio and kind of where this started. Sure. Well, I mean, we've been through this period of the last couple of years with COVID where uh, report cards essentially have been suspended because there hasn't been regular testing. Uh, but if we go back a couple of years before the COVID pandemic hit, uh, we had a report card system in this state that was broken on several fronts. Uh, it was based on an A to F letter grading system uh, that was very punitive in nature, uh, tended to reflect the level of wealth or poverty in a district. So there's a straight on correlation between uh, districts that had high grades uh, and high wealth and districts that had low grades and low wealth. Uh, it was very confusing, and it really was focused on standardized test, test scores. And, in fact, it was one of the things uh, that we know that contributed to this over-reliance on standardized testing as a way of labeling schools as opposed to providing parents with useful information. The legislation that was just passed by the legislature uh, will change our report card system in a number of important ways. One is no more ADAF grades. Uh, instead, there's a star rating system. Uh, that's tied to uh, descriptors, you know, indicating whether or not districts are meeting state standards or not, and if they're moving in the right direction or not. Uh, but also another thing that we're very excited about is that there's a new student opportunity profile, which we at the Ohio Education Association lobbied very hard for, which really gives parents and community members information on what is it that schools are doing to provide students with opportunities for success. Things like class size, access to a well-rounded curriculum, uh, number of nurses and counselors and social workers and mental health supports in schools. Those are the things that we think are going to give a much clearer picture of the kinds of uh, opportunities that students have and how well schools are doing and meeting our expectations. So when it comes to grading these schools then, when it comes to grading them, obviously, as you said, the idea of wealth being reflected is never a good thing. How do you make it so that a school that's in Cleveland then gets the same grading system that can allow them to be actually seen as a whole school system as the same as like someone who's in a rich suburb of Cincinnati? How do you make sure that those are basically on the same level playing field, Scott? Well, there's a few things that are going to make it more fair. One is uh, more emphasis on uh, progress and growth as opposed to straight achievement, plus also the achievement measure on the report card uh, before it was based on a 120-point scale. No district ever hit that top mark. Uh, it was almost, almost like a perfect score in the ACT, but different in that uh, nobody ever hit that perfect score here. So now it's much more, uh, you know, calibrated to uh, realistically what would you expect to have happen. Uh, but then districts like Cleveland and Canton uh, and other districts that have higher concentrations of poverty, I think, are going to be treated more fairly uh, because you're also going to look at uh, whether those districts are making improvement 
in these different areas as opposed to where they are at any given point in time, which was largely the way the old report card system worked. It's the voice of Scott DeMauro. He's the president of the Ohio Education Association. You know, and I think grading schools is such a tough thing to do sometimes. And I guess this is the question I have for you, Scott, is that how is how is it that we're going to make sure that the grading system actually shows that there is tangible, like, progress being made for kids opposed to just worrying about what they get on a standardized test? How do we make sure that we're actually seeing progress for kids and they're actually learning in the classroom opposed to, well, you got a good standardized test score. How do we make sure that that happens? Well, I think we all have a responsibility to dig deeper than just that uh, letter grade, you know, that is what hits the headlines, you know, every August or September when those report cards come out. Um, Because there's not going to be those overall letter grades, I think it will give us more opportunities to dig deeper into understanding what's behind the data. And I think the student opportunity profile in particular is going to be helpful because we can look and see, we know that there's plenty of evidence that says that when teachers have smaller numbers of kids in their classrooms, they're able to give more direct attention and kids perform better as a result. Uh, So we can see our schools taking the resources that they have and investing in making sure that class sizes are uh, reasonable size, and, and, and we are giving students those opportunities. Are we making sure that students have access to a well-rounded arts curriculum and career technical classes uh, and AP classes? And if we're not, then it's up to us as members of the community uh, to hold our school boards responsible, but also hold state legislators responsible for making sure they're providing the resources necessary uh, to give our students what they need to be successful. Well, and... and- you know, I guess is is having people who um, teach in education or, or educators in my family, my, my wife is, my mom is, um, you know, I, I hear and I see some of the things that frustrate them about how the system sometimes works. And I know that, you know, oftentimes educators feel like maybe they don't have a word in how this is done and how this is put out there. Have educators been working to make sure this is a system that they like? Have, have teachers weighed in on this discussion too, Scott? Absolutely. I mean, this is by no means a perfect uh, solution to the problem. Uh, like anything that goes through a legislative process, it is a product of compromise, uh, some give and take among different stakeholders in, in the conversation. Uh, but we do think because educators played a role in talking about what we know is important for our students, uh, that allowed legislators uh, to come up with a plan that is going to be far better than what we had before. And the more educators use their voices uh, to speak out on behalf of their students and speak out on behalf of a public education system that meets the needs of everyone. The Ohio Education Association last. Scott DeMauro, president of the Ohio Education Association, last thought for you here. Isn't the ultimate goal of all this to make the school systems across Ohio more equal and equitable for all? Well, you know what's going to make things more equal and equitable is that we have a funding system uh, that will more fairly distribute resources among the school districts. Uh, we took a major step in that direction with this new fair school funding plan that was part of this uh, state budget. Uh, it's only for two years. We're going to have to keep the pressure on to make sure 
that the improvements in the school funding formula carry forward in future budgets. Uh, but we are making progress, and, and that is 